Welcome back to the Remedial Film Class Podcast. I'm your host, Dan. And I'm Travis. And I'm George. And George just got back from the 2000, that's the year, uh, 2000 classic sci-fi horror thriller menagerie that is The Cell, starring one J-Lo. Uh, George, how you doing, man? Uh, pretty good. Classic. Travis, about how you feeling, man? <laughs> Uh, I'm doing good. Feeling good, Lewis. Feeling good, Lewis. Okay, good, good. <laughs> so, George, we've been running through the early 2000s lately, uh, mm-hmm. giving you a look at how things kind of hit a right turn out of the slasher genre and into a, a bunch of splintering directions, seemingly all of them influenced by Nine Inch Nails. I'm not sure how this mm-hmm. keeps happening, but... Mm-hmm. Tonight, we had another Nine Inch Nailsy kind of movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, now, I had never seen this before, and I assume you oh. had never seen this before. I had never seen this before. But Travis I, has seen, seen this it. before, I think. So, yes. so uh, Travis, what brought us to the cell? Uh, oh, can I have a crack at it? Ooh. Yes. Torture porn. Torture porn on an artistic level. Oh, it was beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the, this director, well, well, we'll go back to, I feel like the movies we've been watching from day one, uh, this movie kept popping into my head when we were going toward, even when we were doing some of the, the Jalos and then obviously the serial killer movies. Like it's just, to me, this movie is a, is for someone who has going to art school is like a living piece of art version of what we've talked about many times with many uh, serial killers where what if we saw what the frig was going on inside their head? Mm. Uh, and to me, I always, it always appealed to me because uh, I've always been kind of um, into artwork done by people that are like schizophrenic or, you know, art therapy. Like you just get the, you learn a lot about somebody by, the artwork that they either love or actually make, make. Yeah. or so by the movies me. they choose for their podcast. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. Yeah. I was surprised that this movie <clears throat> really did have, uh, and we talk about the Jalo a lot on this show because that's one of my favorite, uh, subgenres, but there's some very direct, uh, Jalo references in this movie, including a parking garage scene very much, uh, akin to what have they done to your daughters and a doll fetish uh, straight out of like 18 yeah. different Italian giallos torso of course came to mind for me the killer of dolls uh, there's a couple of Lindsay ones that all have dolls I mean it's it was a thing in the 70s you'd kill women and turn them into dolls I don't know what that's all about and why everybody was doing it at the time but uh, popped up here and I was like oh we're doing <laughs> dolls okay I think it has to possibly do with the fact that in the 70s, most of the dolls from the 40s and 30s were kind of just creepy. So that that doll thing in the 70s and 80s kind of became like a almost like a, a tool for horror. So dolls can be used in a similar way as clowns. Yes. You know, like a clown is supposed to be, I don't know, I guess like a fun, silly guy. Absolutely. And a doll is supposed to be a cute little toy for a child, but both can be used for horror, as we have seen. Yeah. 
It kind of had like a Texas Chainsaw feel and a Psycho feel because of the, uh, you know, the, po- and Michael Myers too, like the posing of bodies, you know, mm-hmm. the the art, the artistic, uh, drive to make art out of death, basically. Just interesting, very Dahmer esque. You know what this reminded me of? Not a movie that we've done on the podcast, but a movie that I saw a long time ago. This is like a better Minority Report. Okay. Right. Um, because it's like, you know, Minority Report is like really super futuristic. Have you both seen that? Yeah. Um, I probably have. I remember the, the computer interface one, right? being yeah. very yeah. swipey. That's all I remember from that movie. Yes, yeah, but they also it had, had like, a Matrix feel too. They had like jetpacks and stuff. It was weird. Mm. Yeah, it definitely had a Matrix feel. This one, um, but it was it was futuristic, but like not too futuristic. Like Minority Report was like mm-hmm. a little out there, and I liked that this one was. It it also reminded me a lot of Silence because, mm-hmm. you know. You know, in silence, they were trying to chase down the killer. In this case, they're trying to chase down the victim, and it's actually more like Dirty Harry in that sense. Yeah, but it was a cool twist that, like, you're like, oh, they need to catch this guy so they can find the person, and then he ends up having like a a, a just what, he's a vegetable yeah. by the time they find <laughs> it's him. Like, yeah. how are they gonna find this girl? Yeah, and so they, you know, obviously we're going over the plot of the movie now. Um, they use this technology where you know, basically a social worker or like a psychologist type Child person played by J-Lo. Child. Wasn't bad. I mean, this is an early, I, you know, early... An, uh, another thing, I'm really surprised at how well it was acted for who yeah. was in it. I was like... She's early. This is Vince Vaughn before he did any comedy. Mm-hmm. Bless you. He basically walked off the set <coughs> of the Psycho remake. Psycho, yeah. Choking on my tea here, boys. God bless. <laughs> I'm drowning. I'm dying. Uh, I'm dying. Um, yeah. So I kind of I remember him being in Rudy, and then Swingers, and then Psycho. No real comedies, and then to see him like this, trying to play that that you know, straight man. Yeah. You know, it's it's weird. I'm sure people who see him are like. Going back to this movie after knowing he's done Wedding Crashers. Well, and that's those movies. that's me. Yeah, yeah, I know him as a as a comedic actor. So he didn't really get funny until he made he was in Made. Once he was in Made, which is the same people that made Swingers, John Favreau. That's when he kind of he shows his comedic chops, mm-hmm. and then you start seeing him in things like The Breakup and uh, Dodgeball. Like, uh, yeah. he, he basically made a name for himself, the Wedding Crashers version of Vince Vaughn. Right. But this was early Vaughn, and he did okay. He was I mean, fine. Yeah, there there were parts where I was like, "Ooh, I'm seeing like acting class yeah. techniques." But and she was great, and she's not really. This is kind of the beginning of her. Th- I mean, she was a household name then, mm-hmm. but she hadn't done all those rom coms yet and all that stuff. Like, I think she was in uh, like Enough, and like one other movie where it was like a serious kind of thing. Does J Lo do a lot of movies? She had a a long, yeah. She did a lot of rom coms, like a uh, romantic comedies. Right. She did not. She's been in probably about twenty movies, I think. Okay. Well, I mean, me being who I am, I didn't know J Lo yeah. did any movies at all, and seeing her in this, it was just like no, she's totally, you know, not the J Lo I know. But and she's super cute, <laughs> very good yeah. actor. And, like and, I, yeah. 
Subtle. Not surprised. I guess that would make her a triple threat, huh? She's definitely a triple threat. Yeah. Yeah. She dances her ass off, too. Well, she'd have to. Not bad for a fly girl. That's where she came from uh, in Living Color. She was one of the dancers that danced in between commercials. Oh. Danced them off and on commercial breaks. Interesting. But you were you were talking, the quote I wrote down was Jack Crawford in Silence when he says, uh, what's that, uh, you don't want to, you don't want Hannibal Lecter in your head. Hmm. Like to me, when I was watching this movie, that quote popped into my head a few times because yeah. I remember him sitting with her in the office mm-hmm. and he flat out says that. And to me, this movie, what, five years after Silence? No, 10 years. I'm pretty sure at some point, the writer of this movie was watching Silence of the Lambs and was like, yeah. hmm, we should try that. Yeah. And thus was born this movie. And then, with, like you said, the Nine Inch Nails influence and all that stuff, it definitely has that Marilyn Manson, Nine Inch Nails. I looked up some of the art artists that they kind of, that I knew of, that they obviously were influenced by as well. So there's definitely some Geiger by. in there. I was like, oh, Travis is going to be all up on that Geiger. Yeah, there's there's Geiger, but there's more. Um, I think the most prominent guy is, is, a, is an artist named Damien Hurst. And he used to do like dissected artwork where he would have like the animals cut in segments and you would see like the horse almost part, like a, right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I've say, seen like, that horse, before. Yeah. <laughs> it's like almost like an MRI. Like he would do he would do that with all kinds of stuff. And to me, I was like, oh, wow. Uh, but in, in like drawings or in like practical looking no, stuff? No, he would or... do like three-dimensional art. Yeah, like so. Full, like you could walk around a shark and it would be cut and like, you could walk through the shark. Right. There would be frames on your right and frames on your left and you would kind of, almost like a Franklin Institute. Yeah, I got you, I got you. You would just walk yeah, right through the shark. Yeah, I was wondering, I was just asking because I wasn't sure if he was like drawing it or he was mm-hmm. like making it with like practical things that you could like touch. I think or... he was a painter as well. And there's a lot of Salvador Dali too, or Dali, Dali, however you want to say it. Yeah. Like there's just a lot of art influence and obviously fashion design influence. I know mm-hmm. that the costumer is the same woman that did uh, Bram Stoker's Dracula, which you're going to totally see this movie in that when we watch that one costume in particular my gosh oh yeah yeah when we see the outfits that they wear to go into the dreams or the the mines or whatever we're doing uh it reminded me so much of the inside out lady from hellraiser 2 mm. and then now that you mention uh bram stoker's it's just like oh yeah no okay yeah 100 percent. yeah it was nice totally. that she kept the costume and was able to use it in this movie too yeah <laughs> Yeah. As soon as I saw it, I was like, "What? oh, I know where I know that from. <laughs> That's hilarious, the, yeah. This, the sleep suits that they had on, the muscle suits in this movie. The real, like, you'll rigid see, ones. You'll see those later. Rib for her pleasure. Ew. Yeah, I, was, I, I follow. I just haven't seen, haven't seen Bram Stoker's Dracula yet. You have not. So, so this was his directorial debut. Which is pretty freaking good. Who's the director now? Uh, what the heck's his name? Um, Somebody sing. Uh, Tars Tarson. What'd you say his last name was? Sing. Sing. Or yeah. Sing. Okay, it's no one that yeah. I'd know. No, but I I noticed that he did the REM, the like the most famous REM video. 
Um, the one that looks just like a scene in this movie. Is it yeah. Losing My Religion? Yeah. Losing My Religion. Yeah, I saw that in the movie. I was like, oh, I know this. I know this from MTV. Yeah. George, do you remember yeah. what MTV was once? <laughs> yeah. It's no longer yeah, like that. No, it's now just TV. <laughs> I remember when I was growing up and like there was like MTV and VH1, hmm. right? And like VH1 was actually still playing music most of the time. Yeah. So I was never an MTV guy, although I like the concept. Right. Uh, but it just. When you were you know, a kid, spring break was pretty much the thing MTV was that it, and South Park. It's reality shows and, you know, like, you know, like made and freaking uh, teen mom and stuff. Yeah. By the time I got to it, but yeah, whatever. I like music videos. So. Hmm. Hmm. Yeah. So the movie opens in the desert, which I didn't expect. And then it's like a dream or whatever. But I was like, oh, it's hey, kinda... so it's a Alejandro Yodorowsky. Like, oh, we're doing El Topo, but with, uh, <laughs> with, with, uh, for some reason, JLo in her New Year's Eve outfit from a couple yeah. of years ago. Only she's not so cakey. Because in that one, yeah, she was like a giant cake for some reason. See, I've seen so many movies to where that opening, it I was not fooled. I knew it was a dream right away. Oh yeah, no, it's like, clearly it, something. Yeah, something's like, wrong. The, <laughs> as soon as I saw the horse that she was on, all of a sudden was like a carousel horse. I was like, mm. wait. But I know some people that didn't like catch on until she actually, till the kids started to. You know, morphing. Oh, yeah. seriously? Wow. The The audience of the year 2000 needs to get their game together. Yeah. Because, I mean, at one point before the kid transformed, she she winks and it goes ding. Yeah. And I made a note that the wink made a ding and the horse is now a statue. I am in hell. It's <laughs> <laughs> my second note for this movie. <laughs> Did you think that that scene was actually hell, or you just no? I meant weren't dig- weren't like physically, it? my body on this planet had transmorphed to be in a hellscape. Hmm. So, did you ever see the movie Dreamscape? No. Okay, it's like a, it's from eighty four, eighty three. Dennis Quaid was in it, and it's kind of like this concept, but so eighties, like just ugh. Yeah. The beginning of this movie did it did take a a good minute for all of the pieces to kind of come together mm-hmm. and you know form a coherent plot. Like there was a lot in the beginning about you know like the kid who was in a coma and blah blah blah. Uh, who really by the end of the movie you couldn't give two shits about because right. he had nothing really to do. He was a de- he was a plot device. Yeah, all he was doing <laughs> was setting up the technology and right. so that the viewer can understand how the technology kind of works. Mm-hmm. He was a pregnancy. Yeah, he was an exposition he baby. He was Dan's pregnancy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, because although they could have taken the same amount of time and just established that this is something that, that the FBI uses has has been dabbling in for a while. Like I know some shows they'll do like the whole uh, medium, where you're well, like, oh, we're working with a medium to try to yeah, solve this case. Well, I don't, I don't. I mean, I like that the technology wasn't an FBI thing, right? That wasn't right. an FBI thing. That was like a just an experimental, yeah, I think it was like yeah type thing. So but the FBI I, knows about it, or sure, gets involved. Yeah, um, 
I like that they kept that kind of separate. I just feel like they spent a lot of time, like, giving you the backstory of this kid that's in a coma that never really paid off. And I'm like, that eh, could have probably just got cut out. Yeah. I mean, they well, kind of paid it. off at the very end, but we'll talk about yeah, that on the little while. Yeah, I think we, I think <laughs> we would have cared. I think we would have yeah. cared more if they, uh, maybe established that she was doing this because her child was in a coma her that, younger that's very sibling. marvel or you know or younger sibling yeah but this is pre-marvel this is like well not pre-comics but pre-movies but it also sets the viewer up this whole plot kind of uh it's kind of it's a, it's a little confusing kind of a little bit hard to follow it sets you up to expect that the character or the actor or whatever comes out of the dream which is not really a dream. It's kind of like a journey into someone's mind. Right. It's not really a dream, but kind of is. I don't know. And they set you up for like the scariest things being like, oh, this, this actor or this character comes out of it and they think they're out of it, but they're still in it, but they right. think it's real. And that's kind of what is the, the flaw in the system. Like, mm-hmm. the person doing the traveling into the other person's mind can't start to think it's real because then it gets all jacked up. Right. Which is why they, obviously, the end, what they do at the end. It kind of reminded yeah. me a lot. Have you guys seen, I think it's Lego Movie 2. <laughs> have you guys seen the Lego movies? You have kids, right? Yes. So you probably, yes. where you have the fights in the world of the Legos and it's this big, epic mm-hmm. anime fight and then it cuts to the real world and it's just two pieces of Lego being bounced against each other. Yeah. Well, that yeah. was like, you know, because they cut out to back to the main room and everybody's just laying there. And it's mm-hmm. just like, uh, that's funnier than it's supposed to be to have like Well, this... they do that in The Matrix too. I mean, it's like, yeah, you know, all that But shit in The Matrix, it's then. like, it's got an energy to it and like a shakiness and like a, ooh, like a, there's something yeah. that's like ready to pop in The Matrix in those little cells. And this is just literally like a comatose person laying there, not moving. Right. There's a disparity there that for some reason I found hysterical. But see, I never took it as scary. I took, I, I kind of took it more as like you're saying it's a it's a delve into the psyche. It's not a dream state. It's the psyche. You're in the brain waves of this person, the brain activity, and you're seeing a personification of their thoughts. Like yeah, exactly. So like in in the uh, in the Matrix, uh, what do they call them in the Matrix? Like. They could go to any like program, the agent or any any the world. Agents, yeah. Um, and in this movie, each mind has its own, you know, its own matrix. I guess yeah. like its own program, its own it its own world that it has made for itself. Right inside the person, like this person's mind castle, basically. Exactly. Mind world. And I wrote down, because uh, I really, to me, that that's what separates this from just being like a late night Cinemax movie trying to be silence. Like, I, I liked the fact that they took the killer and kind of turned, they made him a bit of a loser in real life, but mm-hmm. in his own head, he's like a superhero. He's yes. like a king. Yes. And I, to me, and they picked the right guy to play it because I, I, He's kind of like getting a second chance to be Private Pile, and mm. 
we're getting to see maybe what Private Pyle thought in his mind what he was. Point of clarification, really George, did you recognize Vincent D'Onofrio? Uh, no, but I saw his name in the credits, and I knew that I knew him. Um, I didn't recognize him from any other movie. Um, I had to IMDb to hmm. like see oh, where you I knew cheated. him from. Okay, <laughs> yeah, I did. I mean, like, I mean, I think it's it's worth noting that I recognized the name and did some research and just saying. Well, you, you didn't know, recognize it last week when he said the name D'Onofrio <laughs> twice, and you were like, "Who? I don't know who that is." We have the tape. Well, maybe. Maybe it's because you mentioned it last week, and that's why it was in my mind. I think maybe. so. I think maybe you'll have to go under in a coma with me and just go into my brain and figure out why. Yeah. Which reminds maybe. me, Travis, when we do tell him what he's watching next week, be sure not to mention any of the cast members. <laughs> yes. Yes. Why? <laughs> so you don't have this kind of the fun. this incepted <laughs> nonsense where you think you actually recognize somebody because we said it last week. Mm. I definitely recognize the name. Speaking of Inception, I was getting a lot of an Inception vibe from this movie. Okay, so <laughs> let me, like, just off the top of my head, I've already referenced a bunch of movies that this reminds me of. It's kind of like, it's like it's weird. It's kind of like the scream of, um, I don't know, weird... Psycho-thrillers. Yeah, psycho-thrillers. Yeah. Because, I mean, and like I said, it, it was kind of like a, a like a better minority report that's right you know uh there's silence of the lambs in it there's what was that movie with pinhead hellraiser hellraiser like reminded me a lot of that that dude there, there was like a bunch of shit in yeah there. It well was like we pulled... watched a lot of serial killer movies which are obviously have influenced the people that wrote those movies oh and also like the gore yeah you know and the i don't know there's just a bunch of movies that i was thinking of as i was watching it Inception was one of them. It's almost like yeah. we do this on purpose, George. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, I mean, this was this was all Travis because you hadn't seen it. That's true. But we'd been talking about this movie for a while, and it sounded like yeah. one that we needed to do. And I made it a point not to read anything ahead of time. I'd seen the poster uh, of her face, and I'd seen the one of her face with like the, the deer antler one. mask yeah. on. And so I had an idea of what I was getting into from the aesthetic of those posters, but yeah, it certainly fits with what we definitely been has about. a Thomas Harris type feel oh, to it. You know who I did uh, recognize? Ooh, Cole, Dean Norris. Who's that? It's uh Walter White's brother-in-law. Oh, okay. Yeah, there you go. Breaking Bad. I haven't watched it, but there you go. I know who Walter White <laughs> is. So I never actually heard if Dan liked it or not. <laughs> I'm not I don't think he's on I think he's on the fence, honestly. Yeah. I'm I like it. Are we having a twelve monkeys moment or I dude, in the beginning the first half hour of this movie, mm -hmm. I was getting a, a really bad twelve monkeys vibe. Okay. Like Dan's not gonna be into this. I mean I my second either. my second note was that I am in hell. So yeah. it was a rocky yeah. start, that's for sure. But I think it was a rocky start for me too. But I definitely came around. I think it did. I think it did homage to a, a lot of a lot of things. I think in really the hands well. of a seasoned director, this would be a top pick for a lot of people. The problem is, it's got a kind of a '90s feel to it. Uh, I remember being very divisive back then because obviously. Uh, people were not 
buying in on the Vince Vaughn, Jennifer Lopez. Like, Vince Vaughn was just coming off of one of the worst movies ever made. Uh, Two of the worst movies, actually, because after he did Psycho, he did South of Heaven, West of Hell, which is lower rated on Mm. IMDb than the Psycho remake. Wow. Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah. And and I think people were kind of not sure how to handle this movie. I remember the trailer coming out and it being something I wanted to see because of the imagery. Again, it, it reminded me of just living paintings it was like because I, mm-hmm. I love classical artists but i also love surreal artists who kind of dab like they take classical artwork and they make it surreal i i like and that's to me that's what this movie's like it's 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 like a it's almost like autopsy photos and but with like bright colors it's like and, I don't yeah, know how to it's explain like a it. labyrinth. What's well, what slash... Hannibal did to that security or the cop that he escaped yeah. when he took his face? The one that he hung up on the jail cell and splayed his guts but... out like a painting. It's that kind of thing. Yeah, Just like this the more. scene where where Vince Vaughn ends up in the in the dream or in the mind, mm-hmm. and there's three women are sitting there with their mouths open and they're looking up at the sky. Like it was that imagery has been used for decades after this movie. Like that. I think American Horror Story constantly uses that kind of artwork for all their advertising. And obviously Meryl Manson and Nine Inch Nails kind of tap into that whole organic machinery and stuff. Like when she first goes in and all those chambers, the doll women, like the, the milky bleached mm-hmm. skin. Like to me, it was just, it's, it's horror, but it's art. And to me, that's why that's why I like it. Yes, there are a lot of problems with this movie. So it's heart. It's heart, but visually, it's horror art. It's it's a it's it's a beautiful movie. It's horror art. Horror art. Horror art. Arter. <laughs> no, it is a beautiful movie. I had um, to see Vincent D'Onofrio's O face while he was suspended oh. on hooks above a dead lady. Yeah. I am in hell. That's my note. <laughs> You're on your third note, and it's Simon Hell. And then the dog is trained to be an accessory to kidnapping and murder. Yeah, he doesn't know any better. He's I just going for treats. Still in hell. Uh, here's the thing about this movie. I don't know. It's much better than a killer chimpanzee, I think. <laughs> this is true. But. Or someone that talks to bugs. Or or a dummy. Here's the thing what? about... Ventriloquist dummy. This movie that, that comes fails out of a closet. for me. Uh, here's the thing. This movie does the same thing that Saw does, which is it shows too much of the gross. Like, it focuses on the icky part. So unlike your silence and your seven, where for the most part you're not seeing the horrible acts, you're seeing the aftermaths of the horrible acts. This movie falls in that same trap as Saw, where it's like, let's see how gross we can make it. I mean, some of these effects looked like Lucio Fulci effects from the early 80s, like, which when they're done in a Fulci movie that's already kind of like silly and weird. I don't know. This one's like serious and weird. So that I wasn't really feeling the vibe. I think it. It, it was it was it was a combination of trying to be exploitation, but also being like an art film. Yeah, 
It it was and, dis it was dis uh, dissident. I didn't like it. Dissonant, and not dissident. It was not fighting against the government. It was just <laughs> the notes were too close together. It was dissonant. Uh, the thing is, as the movie goes on, I mean, guys, the technology. Okay, like I imagine in the production meeting, they were like, "Hey, uh, these VR headsets really aren't looking great when they lay on the on the thing." And the other guy's just like, "Oh, fuck it, just throw a washcloth on their face. That'll be our technology." Mm. Like, ugh, that production design stuff just i mean she I has thought a, that i thought that too it was like a deer antler a, on her face for a mask that i don't think it was a deer antler when they pull it back off it looks like a deer antler it did look like deer antlers after sculpted metal yes it was but like it a was, hood ornament it was but it was in it. the shape of a it was in the shape of deer antlers and it seemed very it asian like, to me it had like beads like, hanging on it to make it yeah. like a mask yeah, it looked thing. like an Asian mask. It looked but, like, yeah, um, some kind of like ancient, uh, like Ming Dynasty thing, but yeah. deer antler. <laughs> so, yeah. I don't know, but I mean, maybe that's a Silent Night, Deadly Night reference, right, <clears throat> guys? You didn't, like, you didn't like the printed circuit board washcloths? The printed circuit board, I mean, I'd rather it be point to point if we're doing <laughs> washcloth circuitry, but <laughs> I hate to be picky. You know, turret okay, board, if I'm, washcloths. If I'm, being, if I'm being picky, I was... In the very beginning, I was like really curious about why they were being so delicate with these napkins that were on their faces. <laughs> they seem to have like some they, kind of they, circuitry they, in them, though. It, right. Well, what it was was it looks like a print of a circuit board. Right. That is what it looks like. It looks like a circuit board without any parts in it. Okay. Right. And to, I mean, I have a little bit more experience with that than most people, but. That's what I see, because right. that's what it is. And most people just say, "Oh, it's like a, it's a fucking electronical thing that I don't understand." And Looks it works. like the inside of my thermostat. Yeah, the the traces yeah. were nice and wide. You could probably get some real good they signal were. strength through there. And probably not, because I think it was cloth. Well, I mean, let's not be too picky. Maybe yeah. it was mesh. Maybe it was. I mean, if it was chainmail, I don't know. But that was my main, um, my first and main problem was like, oh, we're doing the thing where you're showing me the icky part, but like, it would be more effective if you didn't show me this. It's the same thing with the exorcist, right? Like the outside the door, hearing the sounds versus actually seeing the pea soup. I feel like you're doing me a disservice as a viewer, making me look at the pea soup. It would be scarier the other way. But I think in their defense, it, it falls under trying to set like I have this conversation with with my son all the time because we're watching This Is Us as a, a, my son's re-watching This Is Us oh my god and no it's it's actually it, it's a good thing because it makes me barf twice it's, it's a good show but he's yeah. watching he's seeing it a kid watching adult things and seeing the adult uh, issues that most kids are like I don't give a shit about it's, it's what his, you're feeling it's his wonder years watch out for the crock pot though guys Right. So I was explaining to him how, because he was complaining about different hair and, and the, 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 the mustache looking bad and this and that. And I'm like, well, they, they, and the clothes. And I said, they're trying to figure out a way to quickly show you time changes without having to explain and having, you know, cue cards at the bottom telling you present day, 20 years ago. Like they do it with the hair, the mustaches, the clothes, the music, the cars, whatever. With this, I think they were trying to establish, because if you notice, it wasn't really gross at all 
in real life. It was gross inside his head. I don't know that part so, where he was hanging upside down over the lady. And yeah, but the, again, he's a serial killer. They're trying. It's no different than than Buffalo Bill tucking his penis in between his legs. Yeah, and, it's yeah. And, I didn't have to see Buffalo Bill's O face though. But you're just being a prude now. Yeah, you did. You kind of did. You saw Buffalo Bill. He said he would face. fuck himself. <laughs> Stop it. I mean, I've seen some didn't pretty do... raunchy shit in some of the movies we've watched. I didn't, I didn't have a okay. problem at all with him hanging himself. Uh, the hanging upside down thing is weird because it, it's that thing where it's like that that looks like one of those things that's like a sexual fetish, but the people that practice like it probably thing. don't kill people. And now I feel like we're just exploiting things that look quote unquote weird to like further bolster the case that this guy who's killing people is a weirdo. It's like, well, he's killing people, so he's probably a weirdo. I think that's a stretch. Yeah, I think people uh, hang themselves from <laughs> piercings. Uh, they are, whether, whether they think so or not, they're weird. But I are they killing people? They might people. be weird in a good way. But they're not, people. yeah, but they're not killing people, at right. least not so that what? we know of. I I think it was like Ted a, Bundy was a good-looking guy that just kind of lived his life, but he was killing people too. Yeah, and he was like a weirdo, and we didn't have to show some like exploitive, like you know, personal every movie fetish is exploitive. To make it. I don't know. Every single weird. movie is exploitive. So this movie, I didn't, here's I didn't the thing: though, beyond all that stuff, beyond the stuff that already kind of fits into our conversations we've had about Saw and Saw versus Seven, right? Uh, mm-hmm. That happened here again, but more than that, let's go back to the Joker. And how much I hated watching parts of the Joker, all the stuff with the child abuse and all that stuff. And this movie does that too, in the exact same way. Actually, the beats between this and the Joker are very similar. Yeah. In terms of that whole like self aggrandizing, you know, hero stuff at the end. Uh, and is it a dream? And is it not? Like, I, I'm kind of wishing I'd seen this before I saw Joker because I would have called bullshit on a lot more of the Joker the first time. To be like, oh, hey, we're just doing The Cell, but with clown makeup instead of mm. the Billy Corgan-inspired, like, knockoff Smashing Pumpkins music video stuff where he's a king at the end. Ugh. Yeah. That part was hard for me, guys. All the dream stuff. Well, then you're screwed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Yeah, I I don't know what to... I don't know what to tell you, Dan. Uh... I I I'm confused because there's plenty of this kind of stuff in a shit ton of movies that you make us watch. <laughs> like, but it's it's okay in Westworld. It's okay in Dirty Harry. It's okay in uh, Tenebrae. And you haven't seen Tenebrae uh, yet. You blood, don't know what's in Tenebrae. I've watched some of it. Yeah. Uh, Blood and Black Lake, like all those movies. Uh, what was the one where the dummy came out of it, like the killer doll? Uh, oh, deep or red, the cre- delightful. Yeah, movie. deep, delightful. <laughs> um, you know, there's a lot to look at the the movie about the uh, what have you done with our daughters or whatever. Like that, there's plenty of exploitation in that movie. There's plenty of unnecessary stuff in a lot of these movies. Like I don't. I, I don't I'm confused. I think Dan... I think he just has an affiliation to Italian movies, and it's okay when they do it. Yeah, and I think that he... uh, I don't know, man. I think he got a bad taste in his mouth from the very beginning. The town that tried to sundown, the guy fucking killed somebody with a trombone. Like, I mean, seriously. Yeah, and that's that's an American (laughs) classic, that movie. 
That's like so, the Godfather. <laughs> <laughs> no, I I don't know. If I were to put it into terms that might be more non-movie related, but not guitar related, I'm really going to go outside of my comfort zone. going to talk about neither guitars nor movies. Okay. Say you go to a restaurant. We mm-hmm. all like food, right? Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. And you bring me a meal, and I say, hmm, guys... It's got onions on it. I don't like raw onion. It's gross. Tastes like shit. And you're like, well, well, well first of all, you're wrong. You, you like, <laughs> but, okay. You like uh, Indian food. And I'm like, yeah, I really do. It's delicious. I mean, not all. I mean, it's a big slate of food, but I have a lot of dishes I really like out of out of Indian food. Uh, but yeah, I don't like raw onion. A lot of them. A lot of them have onions on them. I don't like raw but onion. You, but in you my like Indian them. Food. You yeah. like them still. If you cook them in then it's something I can deal with, right? But when you just pile them on top of my food, you've ruined my taste for it. Like, we're in the child abuse thing. I don't want to see this. It doesn't make it fun to watch these movies. Just like Joker, where I'm like, ugh, child abuse. Ugh, can't do it. Not my thing. Already takes me out of a movie. I'm, you know, takes me further out of a movie I'm already out of. But then you could turn and say, well, Dan, you don't like onions on your, on your food, but, I mean, you had us eat Burger King the other day. I'm like, yeah. And it was Burger King. And going in, you knew it's going to be Burger King. We're going to have chicken nuggets. You know, there's going to be a trombone. It's going to be wild, right? Like, yeah, these aren't the same thing. These are two different things. But when you bring me like a, you know, a hike, let's say it's a, a nice steak, right? You bring me a filet, but for some reason you stack a bunch of onions on top. I don't want, I don't like onions on my filet. But a movie about a serial killer is not, is is like out of line to show the fact that there's child abuse in the root of the problem? Well, it's the thing with the, I mean, it, for one thing, I don't want to have to see it, right? Like if you're like, oh, hey, this guy was abused as a child, exposition. I'm like, oh, that sucks. But that's probably not what did it because a lot of people get abused and they don't turn into serial killers, right? Like, okay, we, we've put that out there. But this movie does this very specific thing where it shows you in unturning away detail this horrible mistreatment by his father. And then it does it in such a way that it's trying to build a little bit of sympathy for the killer, just like in the Joker, where it's like, yeah, he kills people, but like people were mean to him when he was a kid, and let's make you look at it. And it's the making you look at it part. It's the same problem I had with the, the Jesus Chainsaw Massacre. It's like, at some point when we've looked at it for this long, you're, you're doing something different than just exposition. Right? It becomes like experiential for the audience. And I just don't, it doesn't, that's not, that's onions on my steak, man. I don't need that. Hmm. hmm. Yeah. Dan, what would you expect to be in the Show mind of a serial killer? Show me on the doll killer? where this movie touched you. Yeah. I mean, what <laughs> would you expect to be in the mind of a serial killer that was abused by his father? And not to mention, that, yeah, the abuse might not have caused him to be a, murderer he probably Nobody was that to begin did. with in fact i think they but he was schizophrenic that. as well they like they but they there's a lot of shit going in on this movie too okay yeah. so we're we're into the third ring of why i hate this movie uh all right which, go ahead my summary for this movie by the way this was my like last little note this movie sucks so bad that we should cancel inception just to be safe <laughs> this movie is so bad it makes me want to watch 12 monkeys 12 monkeys brad pitt deserves better than this movie guys 12 monkeys went up a notch for me watching this movie 
I will say. Dan, you are so. I'm not going to pick any more movies. Flipping wrong. Here's the thing about this movie that is the <laughs> so wrong. My, he just gets like like a stuttering in the beginning of a movie now ruins the entire. That's movie what I'm for thinking. Him. Yeah, yeah, he gets the, like a bad taste in his mouth. He gets a little onion, dude. Just he gets just a bad sco- O face. Yeah, dude. Just just <laughs> just scoop the onions off and eat the steak. It's a beautiful, delicious steak. My um, eyes I, started know? to cross when I realized that. Let's talk about the schizophrenia a little bit. So the the doctor guy, I guess he's a doctor. He's looking at brain scans. They don't really establish who he is, I don't think. But he's looking at the brain scans. And he's, he's giving us exposition, right? Like, what is wrong with this guy that's now in a coma? And he starts talking about, I hope I have the term in front of me because I'm sure it'll be hard to find. It was like a Whalen infraction. You remember this part? Yeah. The term is infarction not infraction. The dude read the script wrong or the script was misspelled. Either way, that's not the term, you know? An infarction is like, you know, a myocardial infarction is like a heart attack where something gets blocked and you have tissue damage. Uh, Same thing can happen in your brain. So the Whalen infarction is made up to begin with. But if it were a thing that would cause some kind of brain damage, it would be be infarction, infarction, not an infraction. So oh, see, I learned something today. But like that, those little details in major expositional points, just like kind of make my eyes cross because it's like that is important. We should probably have that right. Let's do take two. But you know, now the director probably didn't catch it because he doesn't. He didn't. He didn't read it. And yeah, the writer's not, not on set, or is he, he's busy or gets overridden. We don't have time for another take. You know. Uh, so. So, okay, let's pretend that infraction, infarction, it's a typo of the mouth. I'm going to let it go. Okay, it is not onions on my steak. It is onions on the same plate as my steak, but it's not on my steak. It's an ad- advertisement. <laughs> advertisement. <Yeah>. So, <laughs> they're saying that he has some, I saw one review refer to it as designer schizophrenia, like the perfect plot device that just happens to give you exactly what you want and nothing you don't want out of your characters, but. Yeah. Uh, hat tip to whoever that came up with designer schizophrenia. That's horrible and funny. Here's the thing. They're saying it's probably viral, but it lays dormant until it's triggered by water, which doesn't, that doesn't make any sense. Like, it just doesn't make any sense. That's, it makes my eyes cross because that's not how science works or brains. And it's a sci-fi movie. And like the junk science is so, you know, it, in Inception, which is a sci-fi like movie, they make it a point not to explain the technology, right? They're just like, oh, here's a thing, and you put it on, and then Inception happens, and it makes it so the junk science, you can't really, like, poke holes in it because you don't know how it works. And this, they go to great lengths to explain everything in detail, and they get so many details wrong that it's just like, oh, this is plot disease. This is expositionitis, right? Like now, if they would have left the water out of it, I'm thinking something viral. That because my next door neighbor actually died. Her she had the uh, equivalent to Alzheimer's at light speed. That basically she had. They said she had a virus at some point in her life that lied dormant in her body somewhere, and then decided whatever it was that triggered it caused her to have basically a brain-eating disease. Well, and that can happen with, uh, you know, like Louie body 
dementia stuff like that that they're still yeah. trying to figure out or like but i mean this was like three or it was like three or four weeks there's prion diseases like that that like they kick on and then it, it's like mad cow right and right. you don't know if you got it right then or you got it you know who knows uh, so if they would have done that would that would have been a little better well yeah i mean if they, if they had an actual okay. medical condition that could explain some of this that'd be great but then they have to have the water not just right. for the tub scene but then for this weird like baptism from his father causes his mental illness to begin like already treading on like kind of i don't know weird i don't know that made for some reason that made me like ooh when they were like oh yeah you know it got triggered by water once to start the thing and then he starts killing because he was baptized and then he becomes comatose because it happens again in the bathtub just in time for the FBI to find him like the amount of conveniences and necessity and luck to be involved in the timeline of that movie is just, it's, it's just plot junk. Like it's not, I, ugh. so then if you want to talk about toward the end of the movie, guys, he goes back to the, and it's all in his mind or whatever, but the, the baptismal pool and she straight drowns him in it. After she stabs his grown-up self with a sword in the heart. And then I have to see this poor... I mean, even though I know it's the bad guy, it's a kid. He's, what, like 10, 12 years old? He's got this giant wound, and he's all, like, dying and stuff. And I'm like, oh, God. I don't want to see that visual. That doesn't make me feel good about what she's doing to this killer guy. And then she drowns him in the baptismal pool. And she's the hero. Guys, I really had trouble with this movie. Almost the same ending as The Ring. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, I'm listening to you explain it, and I like it just as much when you explain it. (laughs) And she was dressed like Mary. Yeah, and she's dressed like a nun or something. I think she was dressed like St. Catherine. Okay. I think, because that was the holy card that she was looking at. Okay. I think. And then at the end of the end of the movie, like the very end end of the movie, as she and Vince Vaughn are having this conversation about how, oh, are you really going to invite that other kid into your brain? He makes this face, or there's some kind of connotation at the end, like, don't drown him too, you silly goose, you know? Like, ugh. I, ugh. And she kept his dog. Why'd she keep his dog? What the hell? Because the dog was an innocent bystander. No, the dog was an accessory to murder. We already established this. Yeah, yeah but Trained for murder. Didn't know he was killing anybody. Trained for murder. Yeah. I don't know. I think it's. I think that she kept the dog because it was. Uh, that they it's were Sarah, trying. They were Sarah tr- Connor moment. I think they were trying to show that her. Okay, so here, let's go back. Let's go back to the <laughs> baptismal murder. Wait, hold on. This is. That's me tearing up my <laughs> notes that I was so excited. And felt like it was going to be a good episode because Dan just remained quiet for 20 minutes while we talked about a movie he fucking hated. Well, he did. While he sat there and smirked with Michael. I wanted to bury the lead a little bit. I wanted you guys to have your fun before I crapped all over it. Yeah. Well, I mean, you haven't ruined my fun because I I still like it. No, I still like it. And I'm going to uh, try and explain my take on the baptismal murder. Okay? Go for it. Go for it. 
Okay. So, the dude, the killer, right? Carl. 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 Is, for all intents and purposes, dead. Already. Yeah, he's brain dead. Right. Basically. So he's. But he's not on any machines, so he's still alive. Like, he may be catatonic, but we're not talking about brain dead, pull the plug, and he's going to die in five minutes. We're talking about, like, Oh, he's not talking anymore. Same with the kid at the beginning. He's they not... probably should have had him hooked up to the machine. Well, and the kid been... at the beginning, yeah, how's that, that kid better. eating? Right? Like, how this kid doesn't, he just lays there. Like, how do they get nutrition in this kid? There's no feeding well, can, tube. There's no. You can... Well, yeah. Okay. All right. Yeah. Maybe they IV him. Where's the IV? Throughout the day. Don't show it's, it. Dude, it's the future, bro. It's Shut not up. the future. The it's day. like the it's like the very near future. It's like next week future. It's not yeah. minority yeah, report. They're not gonna have the ability to Maybe they hook him up to an IV to give him his nutrients throughout the day. Yeah. Maybe he has maybe. a circuit board underwear that gives him uh nutrients maybe. under his clothes you so don't... you don't have to see the, the cables or the Maybe they have artificial nutrition. Maybe. So Man. All right, so the killer, Carl. I think that she sees the kid, and the kid is suffering, right? And the adult is just out of control, right? I don't know that I agree with you. If you notice... Go on. If you notice, she stabs the adult. And he laughs at her. Says this isn't real. The king, right? Right. She stabs him in the heart. Right? Because that's what he deserves. Right? And with the kid, she, let's say, mercy kills because he's trapped in the same mind as that other dude that she just stabbed in the heart. Mm. Okay? She feels bad for the killer. She's back and forth between... She is a child psychiatrist as well, so, or psychologist. Whatever. She's, she's back and just forth. a therapist. It's a different tier. But, but she's involved in, like, basically... Children psychology, right? But child therapy, big difference. Therapy, which made me think that maybe the script author or the somebody who wrote this movie maybe didn't care. I mean, you normally you'd expect it to be a psychiatrist or a psychologist. Yeah, it was right, right. it was sloppy. It was interesting. Uh, I did have a note on here that, and this is probably a Twitter joke more than a podcast joke, but I said uh, people will write a whole damn movie instead of going to therapy. Hmm. That was this movie. Go on. So mercy kill. She mercy kills the child. The child with a giant gaping flesh wound from her stabbing the other him. Right, because it's the same person. The child is trapped in this mind with that adult kind person, like Jason that Party, king when he died in, in the sewers. <laughs> and so, but she, but she does it with the baptism, right? Because. In order for this to work, in order for sh- her to actually kill to end the cycle, the adult version, right? Remember the 
you know the dying the dying uh, in a dream you die in real life kind of thing right. remember that um you actually have to think the dream is real right and the adult knows it's not real but the kid, the kid doesn't does not right and so that's why it works you remember the part at, at the end of Friday the 13th part 8 Jason takes Vancouver when Rennie, our uh, sweater-wearing, curly-haired hero lady, walked up yeah. to that shivering, scared Jason and yes. straight fucking drowned him to pay yeah. him back for all the killing. He No, because that would have been awful, and I would have hated that movie. <laughs> they have to and kill so... the... I mean, it's almost like it reminds me of the Jason, the Voorhees, only a Voorhees can kill a Voorhees with the dagger from whichever yeah. movie they borrow the dagger from. Like... You know, but like that's Jason and, goes to hell, like which we know is going to be shit going in. So when it is shit, you're like, hey, it met my expectations. It was Burger King. Like, okay. What about what about the Omen? You mean the, what about the Exorcist? I mean, the Omen has like the most tragic ending, and you don't even know what happened. Yeah, but I mean, the whole plot was he had to kill the kid, and it's horrible. And he spends the whole movie like, oh, this is so horrible. This is so horrible. Well, and I didn't get that from Halo. I didn't get a whole lot of like, oh, I really don't want to drown this kid. Well, that's why she kept his dog. Because she felt bad. And I think she was just preparing for the, uh, the the dogs are able to determine if somebody's a Terminator or not. Mm. So she probably kept Well, it is the future, the so that does make you're, sense. Yeah. You're probably right. If she survives Judgment Day, if I remember <laughs> how those movies <laughs> went Which down. she won't because she fucking killed a kid. Yeah. Um. But to me, it it no, just reminded me killed, a lot of the ring ending. She killed like an it was adult. almost like closure. She didn't kill a real kid. She killed a a a dream kid. Dream, not a dream kid, but uh, the sight the the killer psyche. She killed a kid that doesn't exist. Yes, that's that's exactly that's the exact it was right symbolism. way to put it. It wasn't she real. She killed a killer's psyche. Well, see, and that would be fine if you didn't show me the oh. the dying child with the graphic flesh wound, like. It's sad in the ring when she picks up Samara and she turns into a skeleton Mm because it's like, oh, she's free. Like, but we didn't do this. This is a thing that happened while we were adjacent to it. And now I'm holding the corpse like gross. This the equivalent would be if in the ring she picks up a still breathing Samara and is like, well, you're evil. And then cranks her and breaks her neck. It's like, well, now you're dead. Throws her back in the water. We're free. We killed the girl. That'd but be a horrible ending. Real. That movie would suck. Like, <laughs> they're not real. They're not real. Well, neither it's, is she Ghost didn't kill Samara, anybody. maybe. Yeah, she didn't. But J-Lo didn't kill she, anybody She didn't either. really kill anybody. You're but right. But she drowned I mean, a it's no different in the site. I don't know. She it, did not. But then why do we have to see it? Why, does the, why is this the director's vision to murder by baptism the serial killer who began killing when he was baptized as a child, that's already pretty questionable. I don't think he began killing when he was baptized. No, it was that was the water trigger that triggered his psychosis or whatever, his schizophrenia yeah, but he from didn't, the virus. He didn't commit he murder until later, right? He didn't start killing when he was he was baptized when he was a child. He didn't start killing until But that's when the adult. schizophrenia was triggered. That's what they explain, is it's basically triggered twice by water, which is a dumb way to do it. But again, uh, you know, that's on the yeah, right. See, I think you're taking it. You're taking it literal. I don't think water triggered it. I think the trauma of the thought of drowning could have triggered it. I don't think actual 
H2O well, he, getting into his brain's triggers. The doctor, though. He no, says he, the water yes. in his brain caused the not, schizophrenia? No, not in his brain, no. He said, uh, he said that usually brought on by some kind of trauma. And, and in this case, and, it and, was the water. No, no, no. And he said, he said um, a lot of times or whatever, frequently it's like a water event, which could mean drowning. Yeah, but or the, like he never said drown, that the H two O is triggering it. He's saying the traumatic well, anyways, event. It has to be. So it that's has more water, psychological. Water has to tie into it. I mean, I guess it doesn't have to, but the fact that water ties into it, it it makes a lot of other things. I don't want to say make sense, but it it's like okay, I get why you do that. Like the way he kills his victims, drowning, right? Right. Is you know. Why does he do it that way? Because he's so mad he got baptized and it turns him into a schizophrenic or whatever. I don't know. It, it none of it. Has I don't like... think he does. He doesn't do it consciously though. I don't think he's. I think he's doing it like it's almost like Norman Bates yeah, does what he does because he has a he has mommy issues. Yeah, but he's we never trying have to... to see Norman Bates do it. But he did. We watched him <laughs> kill a woman in the shower. We watched him push her her car into the water. No. Ooh, you yes. want to hear an interesting thing about the shower scene that I didn't know? You want to take a quick aside and talk about Psycho for a minute? Please, God, let's talk about yeah, Psycho sure. for a minute, because that movie is good. The, good. the old one, not the... Right, right, right. I was watching one uh, movie this week from 1943 called The Seventh Victim, which was a relatively successful kind of tense uh, thriller movie from 43. There is a scene. There is a shower scene that is blocked, very similar to the first half of the shower scene in Psycho, where a shadowy figure appears at the shower and has a conversation, kind of a a semi-threatening conversation with the woman while she showers. And it's a lady, an older lady, walks up and her shadow is visible on the shower curtain. They have this tense conversation. Now imagine, you've seen that movie, and now you're seeing Psycho. And for a moment, you're like, oh, that old lady's going to talk to that lady who's in the shower, and it's going to be vaguely threatening. Mm. And then she fucking starts stabbing her to death. Like, how much scarier is that scene if you've got that context? Like, it's one thing to not know what's coming, but imagine, like, the comfort in thinking, oh, I've seen this before. They're going to have a tense conversation, and then everybody's going to be just fine. Re, re, re. Right. <laughs> Holy <You> shower shit. Open. <laughs> it's amazing. Yeah. yeah, you're right. It like added a new layer to Psycho for me, having seen that this week. So check out the seventh victim, if only for the shower scene. So cool. Hmm. Word. I, I'm just having issue when you have issue but you don't have issue when it happens exactly the same way in other things. I think that's where I have conflict because I'm sitting there going, yeah, he might not love this movie, but it's kind of a lot of what we've watched. So I didn't really honestly think it was going to be worse than 12 Monkeys. Like to me, that that's like telling me that I should get rid of my fourth child because that kid's just damn ugly. Like <laughs> just get rid of that kid. And I'm like, but I love... No, get rid of it. It's ugly. You can keep this movie. I'm just never probably going to ever watch it again unless I have to go get sound clips to justify uh, what that doctor guy says about Mm. the schizophrenia stuff. So, yeah, it's a huge mess, right? Like, 
they're sort of blaming the child abuse for him being the murderer, which feels very it's Michael like a Rob Myers, Zombie Rob movie. Zombie. Yeah. Which already that's like one of the shittier things about the Rob Zombie Halloween, right? We talked about it multiple times. Yeah. We yeah. don't want to know why Michael Myers is the way he is because it makes him less scary and more sad. So it's got like elements of that. It's got elements of the Joker and the child abuse and the mental like self-aggrandizing King stuff, which just parallels it so well. And just, ugh, I don't know. I just, for some reason that's why stuff, is, why is the King stuff bad? Like, it was isn't that it, hard to look at and annoying to my, like that, that whole part. I don't have a high tolerance for sci-fi. Like the matrix is probably about as sci-fi as I get. And even then some of that movie, I roll my eyes at like how silly it is. And so when you've gotten to the point that it looks like a, like an animated movie with D'Onofrio with the crown and the silly voice and the faces and the overacting. And I, I mean, I just checked, but it's, I checked out so hard. I didn't even take notes to complain. I was just like, oh, I don't care about this part. This part does see, nothing this is where, this, for me. This is what I don't understand because we're, we're always talking about purpose and, and why things are done in a movie and this and that. And I'm thinking it's purposefully done. They're doing it over-exaggerated because it's inside of the mind of a madman. It's not happening in a Walmart. It's not... It's not the real world. It's not the it's real not world. It's called sense. surrealism. It's, it's like looking at a Salvador Dali painting and going, okay, uh, that guy's eye is, is uh, elevated above his head, but it's really awesomely shaded. See, but, and, but for me, like that, just, that never hits for me. That, those kind of things. That's why like, the ring is so good. For me, for my personal taste, because it is a world I recognize, and from there, things happen in a way that shouldn't, and it like breaks the the rules of our world, and so it could be dumb, but it's executed well, in a way that's that scary. I understand. I don't, I don't think that this movie but breaks. Never- I don't think this movie even breaks the realm of the real world, though. Like your uh, all of your complaints about like the, the like the king and the way he looks and the overacting, all of it happens in the mind. Well, yeah, but right. here's my problem. Anything with that. can it, so anything subjective. Is, once yeah, you, it's anything his is, mind. Once you enter the yeah. mind, I just don't. I don't care. Like, ooh, it's not for me. It's just yeah. not for okay. me. I look, at it, I look and at it as like a, a person who just, I don't, I, you know, in the way a sociopath views uh, empathy as something they just don't understand, right? I view dream world stuff generally as stuff that's just like, oh, this is good for somebody. Okay. And my final point, Dan, is that they make it perfectly clear that most people who were abused as kids do not grow up to yes. be serial killers. Well, then what made this there guy a, a serial killer? I don't know. Was it the viral this, schizophrenia that we was caused by autism? Because people have schizophrenia they don't, addre- they don't, don't address it. Killers. They don't address it, but what they do address specifically is the conversation between J-Lo and What's-His-Face when they're, they're talking about the, the past, the, you know, the, you know the, the killer's past, and abused as a child and it was insane when he when he committed the murders and and whatever he got off and he said that that you know kids experience this stuff way more intense than like 10 times more intense or whatever and they grow up and never harm another human being like he addresses that that he doesn't Mm -hmm. think that and he's trying to bring and you know, J-Lo as a social worker is like sympathetic to that, right? You know, all these things in the kid's past or blah, blah, blah. It's not really his fault. 
you know, blah, blah, blah. And she's wrestling with that. So you have those two opposing viewpoints in this movie coming together and butting heads. And really, generally, I feel like it's like up to the viewer to like flesh that out or what you feel personally. But it was definitely, definitely addressed in this movie. 100%. But here's the issue with this, okay? So if we're going to track our theories on how Vincent's character, Carl, ends up a serial killer. We have two major given to us by exposition potential things, right? We have viral schizophrenia brought on by the baptism, or we have abuse by the father or some combination of the two. The problem with the way this movie presents it, though, is that as the movie progresses, the only thing you see in his behavior is drowning women and turning them into dolls, which specifically relates to an incident of child abuse where he's beaten for playing with dolls. Mm -hmm. So the movie establishes clear correlation, some would say even causation, from those events to his later behavior. And it gives you no other leads or potentials as to why he is the way he is. So they can and give I you think, lip service of like, oh, most kids that are abused and most kids that are virally schizophrenized. Nope, 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 nope not buying it. Nope. Well, then what made You're him wrong. crazy? Probably Something else. The, the, the movie, the movie third does not. Thing? Like, think about that, though. Think of the no. odds of this character that you've developed sort of shallowly, right? Acting in such a way and then being like, oh, but don't worry. None of those things that we made you sit through caused his behavior. It's actually a third thing we're not even going to talk about, or a fourth thing. I we're not honestly going to talk about. believe that it's 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 more generic. It's a traumatic experience that causes, like, I know for a fact, based on everything that I've read on Ed Gein, he never killed anybody, never grave robbed, never did any of that until his mother died. His obsession with his mother's death is what caused him to start dabbling in necrophilia and grave robbing and making uh, furniture out of body parts. Like, he never did any of that until after his mother, who he had a very... He was already mentally ill, but he never did anything about it. He never acted on it until after his mother died. But that doesn't mean that there wasn't pre-existing, like behavior well, yeah. right so i uh, i think i think you're missing the point dude i really think you're missing the point the the abuse and and in the beating and the, and everything all that it's it's left up to the viewer to decide whether that is the cause or a correlation or just irrelevant. or or irrelevant it's that this movie does not does not Pick blame sides. it does not no. blame those things it leaves it 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 just it is what it is but what this movie is is an expose of the mind of someone who drowns women for pleasure to it's turn not right dolls. there's something wrong with it but here's right? i mean and this is what it looks like inside you can Maybe. you can just you can argue that that is what you should take away but the evidence given to you by the people that made this movie what their skill level is at, story at storytelling is debatable, right? But they give you 
water and they give you dolls and then you you're saying you shouldn't take water and dolls from the origin story and apply no. it to the outcome of who this guy becomes? No, what we're saying is it's it's an isolated incident where they're not making a commentary saying all abused children whose dads beat them because they played with dolls will become serial killers if they touch water. They're not no, saying No, and that's that. not they're what saying I'm that... saying that they're saying. I'm telling you that this guy in particular is given this origin story, which they immediately say like, oh, but don't worry, this isn't most people just to cover their butts because their origin story is kind of lazy. And if there is the possibility that something else besides the traumatic two incidents that you're shown cause him to be a serial killer, then you just made me, the viewer, sit through a kid almost getting drowned in a baptism and then a kid being beaten and calling uh, slurs for playing with dolls for no reason because that's not what caused it. So it's like you're losing either way with me because of the way this movie is made. It's not It's not for no reason. It's so that the... Uh, the social worker character played by J-Lo has a level of sympathy. So that she'll drown him to death. It, yeah. At the but end of the already, movie. Yep. But he's it's, alive. It, it's there, it's there to play real. It's there to play off the characters. But it causes his physical death in real life, right? We don't know. No, because there's an inquiry. He could still be laying in the hospital. There wouldn't be an inquiry if he was alive. Also, did they ever get a warrant to go into his brain and poke around? Because I, I didn't ever see a warrant. Oh my God. No, they probably didn't. I think he's got a Fourth Amendment right to not have you in his brain. Actually, he has a Fifth Amendment right to not incriminate himself. There you go. And a Second so. Amendment right to keep uh, all those fun weapons he had in his dream world. Mm. No one was trying to take those away. Well, she she used the one on him, but I guess she kept it. Here's beyond all these things, guys. Okay, my, well, he had, should have had it on, in a spike lock then. My, <laughs> my biggest... Well, no. he, he, yeah, he, he should be a the, responsible spike owner. A fingerprint <laughs> activated spike as opposed to a general spike. Don't leave those right. spikes loaded. It's dangerous. That's right. Here's the thing about this movie that sucks it's the not most a joke. for me. I get through the movie at least four times. I had uh, I Am In Hell type references in my notes, but I, I, I saved most of those so you didn't have to hear those. They get to the end of the movie. And Vince Vaughn's like, hey, don't drown that other kid when you let him into your mind. Which is just, that is what it is, I guess. But here's where the movie should have gone, right? You've introduced the ability to go back and forth to each other's minds. You should tease that D'Onofrio may be physically dead, but maybe some of that is still inside of her brain. And that's why Mm. she keeps the dog. How you missed well, the opportunity to do that, I don't know. Yeah. That's, that's a hell that's, of an ending that they just that's missed. That's true. He, Dan's got a point there. Yeah. That would have been cool. That would have been cool. And actually, is... I'm not participating on how we fix this. Is that ever... Yeah. <laughs> is that um, experience that she had in her mind ever going to be out of her mind? Really? Right. No. Right? It's in there now. No, it's and now it's she has this dog. So watch out, other kid. You're getting drowned and turned into a doll. Maybe, maybe we'll have to wait but till in the a dream world only. There is a cell too, and it apparently has under ten percent on Rotten Tomatoes. Oof, so it's a direct to video type yeah. nonsense. Yeah, yeah, it's a snooze fest. Yeah. Oh well, it's like uh, it's like Silent well, Night, Deadly Night. If you like onions on your steak, which I do, go see this movie. Yeah, yeah, and if you trust my judgment. 
see it and see what you think. Listen, Roger Ebert loved it. Roger so Ebert I'm gave it four stars. Good for Roger yes. Ebert. He also loved I... Beyond the Valley of the Dolls. So, yeah. 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 Actually, I mean, just watch El Topo if you want to go Yeah, and he also loved the desert. The, he also loved Dawn of the Dead, too. So we gotta, oh, Dawn of the Dead is you know. so good. Hey, you know what cracked me up the most at the beginning of the movie? <laughs> Trav's eye roll. Guys. <laughs> what? I think I pulled a muscle on that the eye movie... roll. <laughs> he pulled a <laughs> yeah, orbital muscle. The oh, movie man. opens... <laughs> In a desert dream. Mm-hmm. And then the first real world scene. Not a not a dream. But dream, kinda... mindscape, whatever. Artificially mm-hmm. created by not real no. brain. I don't know what it is. No, it's a real brain. Okay, it's whatever. It's inside, of, it's inside a brain. It's so a consciousness. It's a con- okay, so it opens up in a desert. She's wearing the dress from the New Year's Eve, but less cakey. And then mm-hmm. the first scene in the external world is at a like facility basically on the other side of the hill from where they film the consciousness stuff. Did you catch that? Like it's like a building that backs up to the desert, but like they just to save costs, like didn't show much of the desert. And then you could tell where they would have gone over a hill and it was all desert. So now they had their dreamscape. Right. I mean, that's just good value in your filmmaking. I did not notice that, but I appreciate the frugality. Yeah. Save it. Save a few bucks. Can we discuss the fact that <laughs> Gordon Ramsay is a character in this movie? Wait, what? Just, I'm looking at the credits and it says Gordon Ramsay. Oh, is that real? Jake Jake Reber. Huh. I wonder who Gordon Ramsay is. <laughs> Did he say, this fucking sucks? I didn't see Gordon Ramsay in there. Maybe he was one of the dream demon guys. Uh, he's got a full name. Huh. Gordon Ramsay, right above Cole. Infraction. Hmm. Well, guys, in was, fraction. I guess he Gordon Ramsay's really just like one of the cops, I guess. Hmm. Not the Gordon Ramsay, that's the character's name. It's played by Jake Weber. Oh, I see. I thought we really had like a weird crossing of worlds where that T V no. guy got no, out of the Gordon kitchen Ramsey. for five minutes to make a movie. No. Gordon Ramsay's just the name that they chose. Well, you did say you were in hell and he does run Hell's Kitchen. Oh, that's it all true. comes full circle. Can we tie it into Nolan somehow? I don't know. Inception. Probably. Yeah. Oh, Inception. Boom. It's already Nolan. Boom. Yeah. <laughs> Six degrees of of, of uh, Christopher Nolan. And a little bit of Jason in there, <sighs> too. A lot of Jason. All right. Well, we're not going to agree on this one. No. What are we watching next week? What are we watching next week? I'm excited about this one. I've seen this one before. Actually, the movie we're watching next week, which I'll let Travis do his whole spiel, but... This is the first R-rated movie that I saw in a movie theater, and the teller did not not card me. I was so disappointed. (laughs) I wanted to show her my ID and be like, yeah, I'm 17. What's up? Oh, yeah? Yeah. Mm. Oh, yeah? Mm. Oh, yeah? (laughs) So what do we watch next week, Travis? Uh, Next week, uh, I'm not picking this one. We are watching a movie Mm -hmm. that I don't know if you've seen or not. Is it called Burger King? I can't tell you who's in it. Not okay. allowed. All right. But it's... Uh, this is my f- most favorite part of the podcast, by the way. It's called Red Dragon. Oh, I've seen that. That's okay. It fits. Let's watch it anyway. Early Great 2000s. Movie. When was the last time you saw Red Dragon? College? Uh, long ass time ago. Doesn't count. You gotta see it again. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was, it's like... Yeah, like a long time ago. It was like one of the first... Kind of, I mean, because me and Dan are 
very similar in age, so it's probably one of the first R-rated movies I've ever seen, too. Mm. I think mine was 48 hours. But, yeah. I'm excited to talk about Red Dragon. Yeah, and see, but that's why it's crazy that I never saw Silence of the Lambs. Yeah. You know? Do you see? Until, yeah. And so when I watched Silence of the Lambs, I was like, all of these things were coming back to me about, like, this movie that I saw, which is a prequel, right? It's a prequel. Prequel to Silence. Anyway, um, yeah, all the, this bunch of shit was coming back to me about that movie in particular, and I'm excited to watch that again, for sure. Yeah. I haven't seen it in about 20 years. 100%. So, yeah. yeah, it's been a long time for me, too, so I'm excited to revisit it. I hope I like it. But why Is this w- a first? When you guys pick a movie and I'm like, I've seen that. No, we had a good feeling you'd probably seen it. Because you're, no, yeah, you're the right age and you like Lecter. So. You probably actually mentioned yeah. it at some point during the, the silence episode. If you notice, we've done maybe four movies that you've already seen. But we did them anyway. And it turns out, it turns out that There's you see stuff movies. you're not... Oh, yeah, well, seven. But, yeah, I was thinking where you thought I didn't see it, but you guys did No, probably... Well, we had to watch seven because we were going to watch Batman. Yeah, and all the Batman movies, too, yeah. Well, no, the Batman had a lot to do with Seven. Yes, I no, 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 I I understand. But we also, it just came to my mind that we watched all the Nolan Batman movies, too, which I had seen. Now, did did Brett Ratner direct a bunch of Nine Inch Nails-style videos before he did this? Because that seems to be the theme for this these recent episodes, is that everybody started out in music videos. Everybody Mm. makes these Seven and Nine Inch Nails-inspired graphical horror movies. So I'm going to have to do a little deep dive. Uh, Mr. Ratner. Well, uh, the the director of The Cell apparently made a movie called The Fall, which was like two or three years after this, and it's considered his masterpiece. I've never seen it, so I'm going to have to look for that. I'd like to see what, what his masterpiece is, especially since this is a giant pile of dog shit. Well, I hope it has some real slow-mo helicopter footage right next to fast-motion stretcher footage just to really throw you for a loop like this one did. Very interesting shots in this movie. Mm. I think he did it because Listen. he got like the helicopter rotor to sync up with the frame rate just right so it like looked kind of cool. But then he no, followed it with fast didn't. motion stretcher. That was a weird choice. No, we didn't talk about? Any of the traps? The score. Oh, was it? did this movie have music? I don't Howard. Remember. It's uh, Howard. Is it Howard Shore? Mm. He did Silence of the Lambs. Mm. Oh, really? Hmm. He did Lord of the Rings. That's mm. interesting. Yeah, I didn't. Re- you know, some movies the score just never hits, and like Marvel movies, I couldn't hum a Marvel movie score to save my life. That's because you have a hard on. <laughs> what? What? Captain America, Captain America. Is that how that one goes? Dun, 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 dun. Well, you have a hard on for that theory, and you have a hard on against Marvel movies. So it's a double I like whammy. Captain America. I so like he has a soft uh, on? Iron Man 1. The first Avengers was okay. Avengers 2 was pretty good. It was long. Captain America like 2 was really them, good. So. so I don't have anything against Marvel movies. Good. I just don't have six hours to watch Infinity Wars. But. I do. Maybe someday I'll watch it. I don't know. I mean, I watched the Zack Snyder Justice League. That was four hours. Four and a half hours. That was lengthy. I had to break it up over multiple days. Like, 
because that's a long. Even if that was the greatest movie ever made, I'm still going to hate it because I cannot stand the Zack Snyder fans, the Snyderverse fans. Do uh, who I don't know anybody that's like a Snyderverse fan. Do I? They're all over the internet. Like Ugh, stay off the they, internet. Don't let those people tell they you. They basically do nothing but shit on the Batman because it was supposed to be Ben Affleck's movie. I haven't so, seen that at all. You spend time on the wrong parts of the internet. No, it, it's it's everywhere. I think they're just Russian bots, probably. Probably. Yeah. They're just on there. Snyder bots. They're like, okay, what's gonna make Travis angry? All right. Yeah. We're gonna diss at on point, the Batman. Yeah. I'm on a couple DC Facebook pages, DC fan, fanverse, DC this, DC that, and yeah. they all are the same. They're all run by Snyderverse people. You know what's not run Justice by Snyderverse League. people is the Remedial Film Class Extra Credit Group guys. Hey. We're friendly to all movies, except for this except movie for and 12 itself. Monkeys. And 12 <laughs> Monkeys, yeah. And Fish Call Wanda. <laughs> And all the movies that I hated that you made me watch, but I was nice about it because I thought it was good for the show. <laughs> we'll watch Tenebrae well, there, soon. Well, there it is, guys. Inside politics. And that's right. Tenebrae is <laughs> pretty good. I like Tenebrae I bit my tongue almost every time we watch the movie. I mean, dude, there was a freaking monkey and a girl that talks We never bugs. watched Phenomena as a featured movie. I was only showing I it know. to you to show you I... how... They interact Punish. with the Jason movies. That's like a really good. Uh, I mean, that's that's. Uh, we watched science, it for man. the maggots. It's fine. Yeah, the, the maggots and the I, wind and the boat and the fire. Can and I confess a little boy. some unpopular comments here? Sure. I hated Deep Red. Really? Well, see, that and just I makes you wrong, and that's okay. What was the you one that wrong. we watched where the guy saw murder? And Bird of the Crystal Plumage. Yeah, oh, that was terrible. Oh, I mean, I yeah, that was terrible, yeah. yeah. I did not like that at I all. I think either. I I voiced my opinion about that. I, I'm willing to give it another watch since we've done so many movies recently. I'd go back. I did not like Deep Red at all. I, I, I was not get, catching the hype at all. I don't think it was uh No, nah, there was a lot of hype around it. It's like everybody's He's on a bunch of DC uh, fan <laughs> groups, and they're all Zack Snyder yeah. fans, and they're all about Deep Red, so he, he got overhyped by the... No. No, you overhyped it for me. It's like the most important Jello. It changed everything, mm. and it you Our don't Jello's get Halloween really without it. Well, Jello is important. Do you like <laughs> Halloween? Because you don't get Halloween without Deep Red, like a hundred percent. Oh no, I agree. I, I believe me. I sat through that entire the DNA of Halloween. Of yes, I I agree. Very that important. Inspiration brought us Halloween. I shot him six times. But oh, we John never Carpenter did see the scene how from Dreamline. Some shit. There's a a Lindsay movie that that <laughs> shot him six times scene comes directly out of. Really, Knife of Ice. Only in that movie, spoiler alert for Knife of Ice, which isn't a very good one. I wouldn't make you watch it. Uh, they're blanks, but the framing is very similar to how he comes into the room, uh, Loomis, and the mm. guy comes in and shoots the protagonist. You're like, oh my god, he shot her. Blanks. Which Does makes he me step think over the railing to fall off the. No, the it's it's inside of a house, but the okay. blocking is very similar. But it just makes me think, man, Halloween two should have been, and and guys, copyright Dan from the remedial film class should have been that Loomis was using blanks. He was the one that taught him to drive, and the second one, Loomis is a bad guy, working with Michael. That'd have been fucking cool. And instead, Halloween hmm. two was like what it was, which is fine. For what reason, like for. 
Gail Weathers selling books reason or? Yeah, I mean, just, like, to, why, yeah, why would he help you him? know, uh, just a way to do his own, you know, his own prestige, make him the hero, you know, working to stop yeah. Michael, but actually actively Listen. helping Michael to be horrible so that when he comes in and saves him, he's the hero. And now he's the hero. His life's so, work. No one listened so, to me. And now he's been evil. And now I've stopped him. And I'm a hero. It's the hero villain. Yeah. It's like, Mun- it's like Munchausen. Yeah, it, it really is. Yeah. Munchausen by Butcher Knife Proxy. By Butcher <laughs> Interesting. Thank you for joining us on the Remedial Film Class Podcast. As always, you can find us at facebook.com slash remedialfilmpod. You can find us on Twitter and Instagram at Remedial Film Pod. You can find us on YouTube. And heck, you can even email us, remedialfilmpod at gmail.com. I have some predictions for Halloween ends. Would you like to hear them? I don't know, because George hasn't seen Halloween or Halloween Kills. George, you don't listen to this podcast, do you? No, not at all. Okay, take off your headset. Travis, tell me when George is gone. I'm going to give you guys my preview of what I would love to see in Halloween ends, but probably won't get because I'm not that lucky. Mm. He's gone. Okay. So one thing I saw mentioned a few months ago was that they were going to push the envelope and and do some stuff. And immediately I thought back to those books, uh, like taking shape uh, one and two. We referenced in the Halloween episode where they talked about all the behind the scenes stuff of the, the movies in the second one that they did, it was all the sequels that were aborted for all the different Mm -hmm. movies in between. It was really interesting to see what they were like false starting with all these sequels. Halloween four at one point, the return of Michael Myers has Michael Myers. (laughs) And it sounds stupid at first grow to be like 40 feet tall at one point. And it's like, it sounds stupid now because we know how they do these sequels. But if you think for a minute, like Michael's been dead and burned since Halloween two, like, and now he's back. Maybe he can grow to 40 feet tall. Like what are the limits on this guy's powers? So if I get a 40 foot tall, Michael at the end of Halloween ends, I'm going to be crying happy tears. Other thing that they might do. And I'm interested to see how they do this is if it turns out somehow that not only is Michael Myers, invincible evil but somehow they do like a jamie lee curtis laurie strode is invincible good some kind of inversion of the michael myers i'll be really interested to see or maybe the granddaughter you know hope for the future keep an eye out they're gonna do something wild yeah and it's gonna make travis hate it travis is gonna hate this movie (laughs) hashtag 40 foot michael and i haven't guys seen it yet hashtag 40 foot michael we gotta have it no. I need a towering Megazord Michael Myers. 40-foot Michael dies tonight. Oh, man. <laughs> I like Halloween Kills. I can't wait till we talk about it oh, someday. Now, preview. There's our, pre- our battle lines, right? Travis hated it. Back. Dan yes. loved it. It's going to be fun. <laughs> we have, like, thumbs up, thumbs down graphics, and then the middle finger. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, on one side you have the cell, and on the other side you have Halloween Kills, and one shall not leave. <laughs> like celebrity deathmatch. Yes, exactly. That'll be our review uh, version of the channel. Would be thumbs up, thumbs down, or f you. Yeah, yeah. And uh, the cell. Uh, it's getting the Steve Austin birds. What's up? <laughs> Not for me.
So we get two thumbs up and one bird. Two Double thumbs birds. up your ass. Double birds. <laughs> what? Give me a hell yeah. Are we? T- what? <laughs> <laughs>